Welcome to the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, Marketing on Tap podcast. This is episode 10, and we are sponsored by the EGC Group. We are the CBMA's co-founders and your podcast co-hosts, Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella. And 10 episodes in, we're finally sitting together. Yay. <laughs> uh, first off, we really want to thank all of our 2021 CBMA's judges. They just finished this week working so hard to visually critique and rank all of the entries. The judges' rankings are being processed now to determine who crushed it. So please visit craftbeermarketingawards.com and support our more than 300 judges and our amazing sponsors. Today, we are very excited to welcome to the CBMA's Marketing on Tap podcast, Director of Sales and Marketing from Motorworks Brewing. Please welcome Barry Elwanger. It's great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, Barry. Um, so we wanted to start out talking a little bit about Motorworks Brewing, um, the branding and rebranding that you guys did. Um, you've got awesome, <laughs> awesome ale names. Um, Intellectual Property Ale is one of our favorites, um, which kind of pokes fun at everything we do, right? Um, and right. then Pulp Fiction. So we'd love to hear the little backstory on that. So talk to us about your branding, how you guys get there, what you do, what your team looks like. And give us a picture of your breweries. Yeah. All right. So uh, starting from the beginning. So our name Motorworks Brewing uh, kind of came from a couple of different things. Um, our um, um, home base, we're based out of Bradenton in a massive old uh, car dealership. Um, so this building was built in 1923. It started off as a Chevy dealership in the 30s and 40s. It was a Hudson dealership. And then it had a bunch of other life uh, after that before we ended up taking the building over. Um, absolutely gutting it, keeping uh, the original brick and ceiling in place, but, uh, you know, completely gutted it. And then we're very well known for having the largest beer garden in the state. So we have a 16,000 square foot outdoor space that's centered around a 200 plus year old oak tree. Uh, it's all turfed and there's uh, a stage and dozen cornhole games, uh, 26 foot projection screen. The place is massive. It's beautiful. And uh, we do a lot of unique stuff. So we got 30 of our beers on at any given time, a full liquor license. And because of that full liquor license, we're able to do some projects. Like we work with a bunch of different distilleries. Um, one of my favorite projects is with uh, Dark Door Distilling up in uh, Tampa. And we've actually done a couple of our beers, distilled that down, made it into whiskey, and then bought it back and sold it through here. So we do a lot of really weird and fun stuff. And, uh, you know, I kind of joke around that we got uh, a bit of ADD, but we just make what makes us happy and uh, share it with everybody. So That's awesome. So you have the brewery in Bradenton. And you have another uh, brewery? New Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, so Bradenton, we have a 30-barrel brew house, uh, about 16,000 barrels worth of current capacity. And in this building, we can actually scale to over 50,000 barrels uh, with the space that we have allocated for it. So, you know, we're one of the uh, um, bigger regional players down here in Florida, and our intent was always to, you know, uh, one, have an awesome tasting room and a place for people to get to try um, some of our more esoteric things and, you know, our, our core beers as well and a great atmosphere. And then also having that ability to get it on shelves and keep it on shelves um, out at chain accounts and uh, independence and everything in between. Um, so, yeah, over here, 30 barrel brew house, tons of capacity. And then in Orlando, we opened that up in the middle of the pandemic. You know, that was fun. But uh, we did that right. And uh, we opened up finally in August over there. That's a seven barrel brew house with a couple of 15 barrel fermenters. And that's just our playground. Every single batch that we brew over there is just one-offs and collabs and whatever we feel like brewing that we don't have space for back at home. And we have a small batch system over here too and do a ton of one-off uh, 
projects, but uh, over there it just gave us more ability to do. We got a lot of ideas and yeah, just gives us a way to do it. Oh, that's awesome. How, how long yeah. to, from one brewery to the next? Uh, depending on traffic, it could take anywhere from an hour and a half to like four hours if there's a good pile up on I-4. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> it's usually about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, so it's not too still bad. pretty close though. Yeah. As for branding, so we were talking about branding, right? And yeah, you guys mentioned our intellectual property ale and then Pulp Friction. Uh, that story actually kind of folds into itself and it's uh, one of my highest and lowest uh, moments in my career at the same time. So uh, back, and we've been open for about seven and a half years now, uh, back in our second year of business, I think, um, we had just got into Publix, which is a very big deal. Like the, that changes the game for your distribution. And our core IPA at the time had a different name. And we just found out literally like a couple of weeks beforehand that we were getting that placement. And it was like so high, like it's just incredible. This is going to be amazing. And then we get a cease and desist letter in the mail saying that um, we had to change our, our name. And while we could have fought that, you know, the brand was in its infancy, we would have buried ourselves in legal fees. I was in absolute tears and was like, you know what? They have more money than us. This isn't worth the fight. Let's just change the name. So that night, I went home and just got absolutely rip roaring happy and um, was on the phone ranting to uh, one of my best friends. And at some point in our conversation, I said something to the effect of, I effing hate intellectual property, time for another beer, intellectual property, whatever. And I'm just like, apparently on a complete chaos rant. <laughs> and uh, he, he stops me in my tracks and is like, Barry, I think you just said it. That's funny as hell. And he's like, and I'm like, what? He goes, intellectual property oh dude that's funny and i'm like that is funny i thought about it wrote it down in the following morning i was like that's really funny and looked it up on the trademark board and made sure that we weren't going to get ourselves in any more trouble and i was like this is perfect ipa intellectual property you we're going to make the whole can look like a cease and desist letter just have fun of ourselves i love it and um so i reached out after that once we came up with that submitted a trademark um you know for it um at that point i had to reach out to Publix and say hey this situation I think this is going to be really funny. I think this is going to work. Please still give us this opportunity. And they did. And the beer has continued to grow. Um, it's been green every year since um, on their shelves and otherwise. And we sell a lot more of it afterwards. So like it literally went from something to being in tears to uh, being, a, you know, an absolute staple and something that the um, consumers thought was funny and kind of got behind also. But it gets better. So our social media and graphics uh, guy, Eric uh, Salston, who's an absolute badass, he still does a lot of our graphics to this day. He just focuses on art. He actually moved out to Denver um, about a, two or three years ago now, um, but uh, he's still like a brother and he still does almost all of our art projects uh, for the cans and labels. Um, we've done 99% of all of those with the team of just uh, me, him, and Amanda, our uh, current social media and graphics person. That's um, and then we've had a little bit of outside stuff for just one or two we've been stuck on and just got some outside perspective. And, uh, you know, like Top Hat did our uh, High Agordy can and they absolutely crushed that. Um, so big ups to those guys um, as well. Anyway, Eric comes to my desk a couple of weeks after we finished the IPA can. And he has this fully laid out can for what was going to be two batches of our grapefruit IPA just as a summer season. Fully laid out can, pulled friction. I was like, dude, you are going to get a suit. We just got through this. What the hell? This is beautiful. Great work. But like, do some homework. There's no way this isn't available. And he's like, no, I checked. I'm like, where'd you check? He's like, I checked on tap. I was like, where else did you check? He's like, I checked the trademark board just like you showed me. And I'm like, hold up. So we go and check it. Immediately uh, send in an intent to use. 
and um, shortly thereafter, um, finish up the artwork, get it out to Ball to uh, print the cans for it and uh, launch it in the market. And it booms and continues to and still continues to. That beer is over 52% of our total sales now. And that came from having to rebrand the IPA that was already a win after being a low, low. And it became our absolute flagship product um, and the one we're best known for uh, now. So small blessings. Yeah, and honestly, it just boy. came from, yeah, it's it's honestly really fun and really fun to look back on it because it, it was like soul crushing, like literal tears after getting that letter and then turning it into something just through creativity and a lot of beer um, and, you know, just not letting it get you down. So, I mean, that's going to happen, especially in this world. A lot of, it's hard to come up with really clever and good things. that's going to resonate and, you know, have that, uh, you know, life cycle and evergreen ability for something that's not just going to be a one-off on a shelf in and out. Like it's really hard for breweries to come up with some of that stuff, but you got to keep trying. And I think that part of that, uh, you know, just comes from not, uh, you know, getting stuck on anything. And, you know, as you see with a lot of our different things, we do a bunch of different series work, but uh, we just kind of have fun with ourselves and never take ourselves too seriously. We take our beer serious and we joke about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been something that's been a blessing. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I mean, you know, what you just explained, what you went through, there's so many of us that have gone through that. So you guys have seemed to take that with um, grace and really glad to hear that, you know, it turned into something bigger because um, the Pulp Friction is an amazing beer and, you know, you guys deserve that. And that's really what the Craft Beer Marketing Awards is all about. Um, Jackie and I have been in the business for years and the beer itself obviously gets a lot of attention, but we didn't see a lot of people taking a second look at the creativity that goes into it. So I'm glad to hear that all worked out. And I think it's a struggle that we all go through. So that insight was really amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's also fun also, you know, to keep it uh, graphically within brand family for the stuff that's intended to go out to the trade and be on a shelf next to each other. And then also not limiting yourself to just being stuck in that as a uh, graphical parameter. So we do a lot of stuff for just our tasting room or for like, um, you know, independent shops that are going to be one-offs or in and outs or seasonals or whatever. And we get real playful with some of our other branding um within that and like you still know it's a motorworks beer and there's certain things that like stand out and like it makes sense but we don't you know just stick ourselves in a corner and say we follow just this and this is the brand guideline and that's it we follow we have our major brand guidelines for like different categories as i like to say mm -hmm. uh for and then for the bottles and stuff that are never expected to leave our tasting room we get even more playful there but we follow it with a, a thematic um kind of uh, philosophy for it so it's still controlling chaos in its own way and it still uh, makes sense. But like, you know, we don't allow ourselves to just be like, Hey, this is all we are because we're a lot of things. Right. So Do you guys have like a full team or are you guys all hands on together? What goes on there for the marketing? Yeah. So uh, the marketing is uh, myself an event coordinator and our social media person. And then Eric still helps out with a little bit of uh, graphics externally, but that's our team. That's we've always kind of had that structure um, for it. So we, we keep it really tight, but it's not just us. You know, the one thing is we, we pull, um, you know, our entire team and we're very fortunate. I mean, we have bartenders and servers that have been with us for seven plus years and that's pretty crazy and unheard of. Um, but we have 52 employees and I'd say a really good chunk of it has been here for several years. Um, so that's, um, that's really cool. But we, we actually like, you know, we'll sit down and ideate with everybody and anybody from, you know, any position in the company, if they have a cool idea for a beer or a name or whatever else, like, you know, 
no egos. You, you got a good idea. If it's something that we can make, make sense, you're going to get credit for it and let's have some fun. And, you know, we might brew that thing that you think sounds weird, but fun. And, you know, you'll get to sell it or, you know, we're, this is an interesting thing. Let's chase it. And we'll come up with a graphic for it. Like, you know, it's nothing's off the table. You know, we, we kind of like to throw stuff on the board and then scratch back instead of talking through it and scratching as we're like, yep. you know, through the conversation. I, for, for me, just creatively, I'd rather put a bunch of bad stuff on the board because there's probably a bunch of really good stuff up there instead of sitting there and like killing ideas as they're like making their way. It sounds like a great organic process that you guys have and that flexibility and open mindedness um, to find that idea, that big idea anywhere within the corporation is always smart. Not everybody does that, but you could always tell who does. Um, but you, you know, you guys also have a great reputation and I know MotorWorks is also known for doing a lot of great charity work. And speaking of that, MotorWorks took a gold crushy award in the 2020 for adoptable dog, which was your series, um, collaboration with shelter Manatee and animal network. You want yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, we've always, I mean, we do a lot of different community things and we host nonprofits. I mean, every single week in our tap room, we, um, host nonprofits and we always waive whatever like event fees there would be or booking fees to like lockout space and all that. So like any nonprofit, as long as it's a legit one, we'll like, you know, pretty much give them the world within reason. Um, but we've done a, uh, a yappy hour extravaganza event since we've opened like every sun uh every third sunday since we opened seven and a half years ago we've that was yappy event. hour i love that yeah right yeah so i mean we have on any given sunday well are uh, like i mean we're dog friendly all the time and very well known for it. we have a ton of dogs come through here but on any one of those yappy hours there'll be 100 plus dogs here out in the beer garden it's fun it's crazy there's big giveaways there's raffles there's um a rotating um non-profit like that's uh specific um, and then the animal network start partnering that. So they co-host with it. They're a nonprofit in and of themselves. And then, uh, you know, it's a rotating nonprofit for, uh, the month as to like specific breed of dogs or shelter or what have you. Very that cool. month happened to be that we were trying to, uh, work on, um, raising some money and some, uh, interest in uh, building the new shelter for our County. And, uh, we wanted to do something different. So we took our, um, our, our cruiser Kolsch and, um, just did a, a little special release of it. And we put four adoptable dogs um, with their uh, their story on it. And we did like a hundred cases. It was literally just gonna be something for the tap room for that month to raise awareness and raise some funding. And the proceeds from that batch went directly to the shelter also. And it was literally just something fun for that. And then it got picked up. Um, you know, We do a bunch of the TV shows throughout the Tampa Bay area and Sarasota. We did a morning show, um, had some newspapers write about it. And then uh, it started getting picked up uh, um, within a couple of days by like ABC and NBC and CB, um, CBS regionally. And then from there it got picked up further and then further and then further. It ended up we getting featured on our news here in New York. It was nuts. It was on Bobby bone show USA today. Ellen did a feature on it. Uh, CNN did a feature on it. That was another point. Apparently I cry a lot, but like the CNN interview that night I went home, like after having, like four, literally 40 interviews that day. I did 217 interviews across four days. I remember that, like that number stands out to me. But uh, the CNN interview on one of the nights, I was literally driving home, it was like eight o'clock at night. And I um, do that interview in my um, driveway at home. And then I walk inside my house and I'm just in tears. My wife's like, what's going on? I'm like, that thing that I was telling you was going viral all day and why 
you know, stop texting you throughout it because it was just constant. Like I just did CNN and she's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so this little thing, this, this idea and this raising funds that we've been doing for years in different ways, we did that little project and just got this tremendous amount of, um, you know, press off of it. So we've kept it going and we actually uh, filed a trademark, learned a lot about trademark law, obviously. Um, but uh, so now we have a trademark on the, uh, the brand name Adoptable Logger. And uh, we do that and every month or so. There's a brand new dog on it. Um, so it's the same UPC, the same liquid, but now that's out on shelves all throughout Florida. And um, it's telling a dog's, uh, you know, story and their, uh, their adoption information, their, uh, you know, their tag at the, the shelter and all that. But roughly every month or however fast it takes us to sell through the, the current batch of like labels, uh, we end up featuring another dog. So that's how we could grow that. Because originally that first four pack, I literally hand collated the hundred cases by myself. Um, and then after that's obviously not scalable. Now we're like, hey, let's do a dog. And when it runs out, do another dog and let's just keep this thing going. And part of the proceeds for that still go to the shelter. Wonderful program. So, unfortunately, the name Cruiser uh, ended up dying because of adoptable lager. So now that beer is just adoptable lager. Um, but we talked to the shelter and they're going to allow us to name uh, one of the dogs once it comes in Cruiser. So we can kind of tell the story and bridge oh, the gap. Okay. So that'll be fun. So cool. <laughs> well, but yeah, that I was, feel really proud because we're all animal lovers here. And what an amazing campaign that is. It's incredibly humbling. And it's cool that like it, it gets to you know, continue and we get to keep telling that story and keep raising funds and like, you know, share that message. And, you know, in fact, like we're, um, so, you know, Zane's doing this comedy tour um, and uh, we're going to be one of the spots that he, um, you know, is doing a show next month in June. Um, and he's a huge dog lover and does a lot with nonprofits also. And we're going to do a little special twist on um, a batch of it um, that's going to be released um, for his show and hit a couple of shelves as well. So we're really, really excited about that. Obviously, he's been uh, huge with the CBMAs, with uh, judging. I think you guys gave him Man of the Year last year, also. But like, it's yeah. true. I mean, I, I'm I'm so excited. Like, you know, between that and another club, I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. I've kind of got to hang out with some of my heroes from a decade plus ago. Oh, totally. Uh, in the last six months, and uh, it's just uh, it's incredibly humbling, and it's cool that we get to do some really, really fun projects. But uh, yeah. That's a reminder for everybody to check out ZaneLamprey.com and he's coming to a brewery near you. So get your tickets now. We're super excited. I think he's coming to us around October. Mm -hmm. We have our tickets already. So he's a great guy and uh, it's awesome that you guys are uh, working together and it's going to be a wonderful stop at MotorWorks in Florida for his show. Yeah. He's going to be on the stage outside too. So we're going to have uh I mean, again, the place is massive, but he, we're doing that show on the big stage outside, not in the tap room. Um, so that should be like 250 chairs out there and we have plenty of space. So like, it's going to be all spaced out. People can feel comfortable. I mean, yeah, obviously there's a lot of stuff that's making people um, get more and more comfortable as the world's normalizing. Um, but even still like for that and with that many people, we have the space to be able to space it all out. So people are good. A lot about, you know, cans, marketing, branding. One thing that we haven't really touched on in this podcast is the importance of digital marketing. Um, we've, you know, we've heard about newsletters, but we haven't talked a lot about social. I know you guys are big on there. Maybe tell us a little bit how you're utilizing things like Facebook, Instagram, Google, paid, organic, um, whatever you think is more valuable. Yeah, for sure. And that is, that, that's one of those things. So like um, digital is incredibly important. And I think looking at your full marketing stack, um, 
with that and how you attack it. Like, you know, your, your newsletter, making sure you're looking at that, looking at open rates, looking at your churn. And like, you know, if, if you have anything that's standing out, um, you know, figuring out why, you know, if you're losing a lot of um, subscribers, um, figure out what your message is and why you're losing those uh, people. If your thing's coming across as spammy or whatever, like make sure when you have those newsletters that they're, they're very uh, pointed, it's good information, it's fun, it makes them feel connected and makes them want to read it. And don't over bombard them. You send me three or four emails a week in a newsletter, it's sure fire away from you to unsubscribe or to send it to a, you know, to a junk folder at that point, which is even worse for you. But, um, you know, that for sure, newsletters are critical. Social media across the board, obviously. Build good content, do what you can to try to get that organic reach. But we do do a lot of, um, you know, paid as well, especially because we host so many events and live music things. And, uh, you know, that's a focus for us to make sure that we're getting, um, you know, that customer and, and you know, retargeting in a, in a manner that doesn't break um, the uh, policies. You know, unlike, you know, because we're all alcohol and all that, while you should a hundred percent make sure that you have your analytics tags and all that for Google on your site and look at them and know who's coming to your site and why and all that. You can't retarget through Google ads um, with that because of alcohol, um, you know, directly off of, um, off of that. I've run Google ads. I think it's something that sh uh, people, you know, should do within reason. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there that most people don't spend the time on. Um, that's something that I think a lot of people probably should do a bit more research or like reach out to a company that could help them there. Uh, because search matters. Like that is a person that is looking for a very specific thing. If you dial that in and, you know, you have a good company or yourself and you know how you're, um, you know, targeting that, what that customer's mind frame is and getting that bottom funnel person to, you know, um, to your doors. I think there's a lot of value in that, but you can't just like blindly go about it either because Google will spend your money. Uh, anyway, that's a, a couple of different things in that regard, but, uh, you know, Make sure you're looking at your site and what that, uh, you know, the people that are coming to it, where your pages are being viewed, how long people are on them, what your bounce rates look like. Like, spend the time learning some of that critical stuff because your website, your Facebook, and, you know, your Google My Business and all of that, that information is pretty much the big three of where somebody is probably having their first, you know, touch with your business or that first actual like information deep dive to your business. Oh, yeah. Um, that's going to get them in your doors. And I think a lot of people, you know, do okay at it, but they probably don't spend as much time as they should on those more so than, uh, you know, focusing in on the perfect picture for social media or whatever else that you're immediately thinking about the next perfect picture for social media to get that organic reach and, you know, just leaving it at organic reach. I think that there is a balance between having exceptional content, making sure if you have paid content that you're focusing it, optimizing it and being strategic about it. And then also making sure that you're focusing in on the most critical areas of what gets somebody to your actual door. A hundred percent. It's very accurate and very eloquent. So thank you for that overview. For you guys at MotorWorks, do you have a lot of locals, but also mixed with tourism? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the snowbirds, we definitely see a huge pop um, when they're down here. Um, but yeah, because of our, uh, you know, all of our community, um, you know, outreach and just all of the different things. We're, we're known as being a community centric here. It's something we pride ourselves on. We're dog friendly, we're family friendly. You know, we have a little something for everyone. Like I said, we have a full liquor license. Um, and, you know, um, that's a really good means of getting people in the door. Like when a, there's a group of four, let's say, and one person doesn't drink beer, they'll still come to MotorWorks. Um, and that person, we can get them to try some beer. Oh, you like a gin and tonic? 
what do you like about that flavor wise? Cool. I might have a beer that's probably going to match that profile or like give you something that you're going to find interesting. We'll give you a sample of it. And if you don't like it, I'll pour your gin and tonic, but we get an opportunity to educate, hopefully make them a beer drinker. And if not, like liquor margins are good. So, you know, we want them to come out and have a good time. And the same thing, Orlando, we got a liquor license too, for that same uh, thought process. They ain't cheap. Florida licenses are expensive as hell. But for us, that was an investment into making sure that we um, never alienated any customer. That's very smart. We've only met a few breweries that actually have the liquor license as well. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm glad that you guys have done that. Um, We have a couple big Kevin Smith fans over here. (laughs) And we definitely saw the news that you guys were like one of the movies um, pop-ups. There in Florida? Yeah. Tell yeah. So that. That's he, crazy. You guys are always doing something cool, I got to say. <laughs> that one was awesome. So um, they uh, they did a pop-up last month at um, uh, 10 Roof on iDrive, which has always been a good customer. We usually have one or two taps in there like all the time. And their GM reaches out and is like, hey, you can't say anything about this, but we're going to be the pop-up location for the movies in Orlando. Um, and I wanted to see if you would make a beer for us. And I was like, I get to do a beer with Kevin Smith. Yes. What do you want? What can we do? Get me in the room, coach, please, please, please. And um, <laughs> so we were able to do that. And we ended up doing uh, movies, fun time lager, um, which sold out really, really fast. Um, and was really cool. The entire event, they sold out. I think every single day they added another five days, sold all that out. Um, all of the beer that we sent to them um, was sold out immediately too. And, that was just, you know, just like working, uh, getting to do a project with Zane. That's just something that's like, you know, uh, you know, one we're we and the whole team, myself included, are huge movie fans as a whole. And to, to be able to do something with, you know, a comedian and, a, you know, TV star that I respect so much. And then to do something with Kevin Smith, who's one of my favorite producers of all time. It's just like uh, the teenage Barry is just like weeping. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was excellent beer too. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's really what matters, and I'm sure he was super stoked at it. Yeah, it was cool. Like, I, I got to bring him when we um because we actually got to spend um, some time with him at the first day of the pop up also, and we brought him a bunch of our different um, uh, cans and whatnot because we do a bunch of different movie themed beers also. So, like you know, the High Gordy that I mentioned that was the one of the few beers that we've had an outside uh, help with um, the pumpkin ale that we do in the fall. Uh, you know, I brought that and then I brought Bizarre Garden and Accident, which was a sour series that we do. So that's a kettle sour Berliner. And we just hit it with different adjuncts. And that beer we've done like 40 different iterations of. And it's just constantly something different, something different fruit wise or whatever else we're putting into it. Um, but that one, the name is actually a nod to the movie uh, from Spinal Tap. It's how they lost their drummer. And then the artwork uh, pays homage to Little Shop of Horrors. So it's like yeah. kind of a double feature double. right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously Pulp Friction and we, we had a couple of other ones, but like I just brought like the six pack of different like movie related beers and he's like, damn, this is cool. And it's like, you're cool. Thanks for signing. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun. That's, um, awesome. that's awesome. We have a few more minutes. I think what we'd love to know, just because, you know, we're in New York, we had massive lockdowns last year, you know, breweries only slowly started reopening at like 25% capacity. What last summer yeah. fall? Yeah. Um, you guys had a different situation down in Florida. You guys have always luckily had an outdoor space, but you know, what have you seen with the beer scene now? Um, as you know, normalcy is, is the hopeful word. Um, 
you know, what have you seen down there? How have things been? Are they better? Are they the same? Because you didn't shut down. We, we actually did shut down. So we were shut down for almost the entire second quarter, oh. um, which was uh, just, you know, devastating as a whole. So luckily we have grocery chain that was able to keep us afloat with some of our, um, you know, production. So we didn't have to furlough anyone for production. Um, half of the sales force came over. Um, you know, our two local reps helped out in different capacities here. Um, one of our reps from the other coast had a, um, a family member that they could stay with over here. And she literally came and drove my van around and was just dropping a pallet or so of beer, uh, beer off at a distributor at a time. And it just gave her something to do. And, you know, we wanted to uh, give her something to do during that time. So we were very fortunate other than like the front of house that, um, you know, obviously we didn't have much to do besides a little bit of to go sales directly from the tap room. Um, a lot of those guys also ended up just like helping us paint and remodel the um, the tap room and the beer garden that we ended up like extending out our deck and moving our stage. And just, we took that time to like, just, you know, get ready for, um, you know, for the next stage. So it was kind of a breath while it was terrible. It was also a fresh uh, breath of fresh air and we just got real resilient. And, you know, our friends at other breweries did the same thing. They just did whatever they could to get by. And, um, you know, we were fortunate that uh, we had some revenue stream during that time period and our, our regulars came in and bought cans and we canned a bunch of stuff that wasn't planned for cans. It was already in tanks that were planned for draft and we ended up canning, just quickly slapping together some labels and canning it and selling it and it was well received and we got by. But uh, Sounds you know, like quite a between that, below. Yeah, it was constant, you know, that was, uh, but that's everybody. I think that that just, you know, the entire country at that point didn't know what was coming next and we did what we could to, to get by. And then we were fortunate that, you know, we started to be able to slowly reopen and, you know, partial capacities, but, you know, to what you guys said earlier, we have that big beer garden. So we were lucky with that. And we have a small beer garden over in Orlando. So once we were able to open there, um, it was still really hard just letting people know that we were open for the first time during all that process, but we do have some outside space and you can feel comfortable and things progressively have just gotten better. But you know, where we're at now, like we're, uh, it's, it's crazy, but distribution's way up like record highs and um our um uh tap room is hitting pre-covid numbers also now so like we're we're very fortunate orlando's still um you know we're right in the heart of downtown over there so a lot of the offices are still working remote but slowly coming back so we're starting to get you know lunch pops a little bit more some of the events and stuff that are happening at the different uh, you know arenas and sports things happening downtown and music and conventions and all that they're slowly trickling back so you know that's been really slow going while all of that was shut down because we're in the downtown epicenter uh, now that's starting to turn the corner too. So like we're very blessed, um, but uh, it's just come from, you know, kind of back to the um, rebranding story earlier is, you know, you can let it kick you in the teeth or you can get up and figure out what to do and hope that you're right. And if you're wrong, keep fighting and keep doing. And we kind of chose to go that path and we've been lucky that it's all working out so far. Well, but I mean, it ain't easy. No, that none of that sounds easy. And um, it sounds like you guys not only prevailed, but exceeded um, during probably the toughest time in human history. So that's yeah. an amazing uh, feat in its own right. Is there anything else, Barry, that you want to tell us that's upcoming? Um, I know we are getting ready for the Craft Brewers Conference in September, which is in Denver. So we're looking forward yep. to uh, finally seeing a lot of our brewery friends. Yeah, that I'm really, really excited for that. So uh, last year, I got to judge uh, GABF for it was my first year judging. And that was 
they did an amazing job at it. Everyone felt super safe, everything incredibly spaced out. We were all wearing masks um, when we weren't tasting, plus a face guard. Like um, it was very interesting, but I'm really looking forward to getting back out there for CBC and uh, you know, judging again this year, hopefully, um, and getting a, a slightly different experience because that for, for year one, while I was so stoked, that was a bucket list item uh, for me for sure. I'm really looking forward to being able to like better connect and, uh, you know, enjoy that a bit better, especially with the CBC aspect. Like I've always loved that because of the networking and getting to meet up with our, you know, our peers that we already know and making new friends. And, you know, it's just great to see the world finally getting back to some semblance of normalcy. And we're pretty excited for it. Like, you know, I hated that word pivot last year, but that's all it was. And now I'm just like, Hey, let's keep having fun, but I don't want to have a beer with my friends. <laughs> yeah, we're done pivoting. We want recovery now. And from what we see here in New York, there's just a lot of thirsty people and uh, everyone that's been vaccinated, they're running out. Breweries are full. From what we're hearing from um, our brewery uh, friends, our uh, bars and restaurants are back. Draft is flowing again. So we just keep drinking and uh, keep watching the numbers. And I think we'll be at full recovery before we know. Yeah, we absolutely hope so. It's, you know, keep putting out good beer, everyone, and have fun doing it. And, you know, that's it's why we all got into this game to begin with, right? Let's have fun making fun products and telling fun stories and, like, be authentic, you know? The rest of it will fall in its place. That's what we love about this industry. So, everybody, check out MotorWorksBrewing.com. These guys make incredible beer. They're doing amazing marketing. And uh, what a great story. Very nice meeting you today, Barry. And we look forward to drinking in Denver with you. Yeah, we added that to our own bucket list is to come see you. It sounds yeah. like a great time. Yeah, come see us at either place. Let me know you're coming. We'll, uh, we'll block out some time. Definitely. Definitely. And, and some cabs. <laughs> Hopefully we will see you Tuesday, May 18th. That's when our live award ceremony will take place via Zoom. We'll be sending out everybody's invites this week. And hopefully you guys crushed it again. 2021 CBMAs. Cheers.